right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It is I, your host, Pizza Mind, and I am joined today by Yuan Su, the CTO over at Metis and Nuvo. Yuan, welcome. Well, thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be invited to one of the uh, uh, reputable podcasts in the industry. So very, uh, very happy to uh, be here. Well, there's not that many of us, so you could throw a, a rock into a basket, and you're going you're to pick up uh, you know, pretty much what you what you threw in there. So, but it's an honor to have you. Um, there's not many people like you in this industry either. So let's get to know you as well. Give us your background of what you were doing before you got into crypto, and why you decided to join this industry. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is quite pure. Uh, so I start from. Uh, a technical career path starting from age of six so i start programming uh age of six i was uh, invited to a secret room in my elementary school uh, full of uh, apple computers back then i was like oh what are those things so they, they taught us how to draw pictures using programming languages and there was a programming language called the logo uh, for people with some age they probably know what that is and we start to program using basic uh and i really hook into uh, this world where you can kind of uh, tell computer what to do and do some uh, uh, productivity work for you. Uh, so then I start to teach myself a C++ and get familiar with a lot of uh, different development framework. Uh, one, uh, one thing that I'm really proud of uh, during my early childhood was I, I was able to uh, lock my parents out of my computer. Uh, so uh, get, give myself a, a total privacy. Uh, so whatever I store in my computer, eh, my parents won't be able to know. So it kind of tells you, That's you know, awesome. I, I really value the data privacy and uh, uh, and uh, security a lot. <laughs> so it's kind of already kind of embedded in my gene. Uh, so uh, naturally, I went through the computer science programs in the in the universities uh, and then uh, joined IBM uh, at those big enterprises. Uh, for a very simple reason, because I need the money uh, <laughs> to pay off the uh, the loans and, 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 and tuitions and get a life. Uh, so I was lucky enough to join the database team. So it has a lot of uh, very hardcore programming uh, projects, including the like parallel programming, high performance, and storage. And we also got a chance to work with the Hyperledger team. So for people who don't know what Hyperledger is, it is uh, uh, one of the permission network. A lot of uh, enterprises actually use blockchain technology through Hyperledger. IBM was one of the founding members of the Hyperledger Fabric uh, uh, Foundation. So uh, we got a chance to work with that uh, team. Uh, and uh, I was quite fascinated by the technology itself. Uh, Mostly because it's uh, it's really a paradigm shift in terms of how um, the uh, the power of control uh, is uh, like more decentralized instead of a, a central entity. Uh, for example, uh, if you have only one central entity controlling all the all the business logic, you kind of, for example, if you run a lottery station and if you're the only one that actually come up the numbers, uh, pretty easily I can kind of rig the numbers so that I can win every time, right? Uh, but it's not that possible if the uh, the computation is that decentralized. So Hyperledger is a little bit different because it's permission it has a rules in that, so it's somewhat controlled and and, and centralized. So I look at that as I don't really like because I seems like there's some limitations, uh, like human-made limitations, mostly from the enterprise world uh, to, to fully realize the potential of the technology, uh, then I know, okay, there's a, a, another world out there, the public uh, public chains like Bitcoins and Ethereums, uh, and those are permissionless uh, open blockchains. 
and uh, you can do all sorts of things using smart contract on Ethereum. And recently, now you can do some BRC20 uh, tokens on, on Bitcoin, which is also very fascinating. I've been looking into the technologies uh, behind uh, Ordinals. It's quite interesting, uh, I would say. So there are a lot of innovations in the space. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, the technology, the, 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 the way the technology gives people the freedom, uh, give the power to start participating or decision-making or participating in the business logic, uh, and have a full transparency. It really fascinates me. It seems like hey, we're on the verge of a, a quote-unquote revolution in terms of a, a how the the general community is going to be participating in the business instead of just being uh, monetized by the business. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Yeah. And there's so many problems that blockchain and uh, the emerging privacy technology can solve. But it's a lot of problems that people aren't really aware of. And we talk on this podcast and many other podcasts talk about the need for privacy and controlling your own data. But I don't think that message is really hammered home to the general public. So today, Elon Musk tweets something of a screenshot of WhatsApp uh, accessing his microphone when he's not yes. using the app, including when he's asleep. WhatsApp just wakes up and starts listening, trying to pick up whatever it can in the background. What in the world is going on over there? There's maybe billions of people at this point that use WhatsApp and rely on it for business. And it turns out this thing is little more than spyware, even though it's supposed to be this encrypted end to end communication tool. And it turns out surprise, surprise uh, it's been bugged. Yeah. So why is privacy so important and how do we hammer this home to the general public? Absolutely. It's actually a big topic. Uh, so uh, when I when I talk about data privacy with other people, I always use one uh, analogy. Um, for example, uh, your wallets. Uh, let, let's see what's the most inclusive way to describe this. Uh, uh, let's say um, 
let's assume most of people have driver's license. <laughs> let's assume so. Uh, sorry about the, the young young audience. You may not have, but you, in future, you may have a driver's license. So in your world, you have a driver's license with you. So imagine uh, instead of having this driver's license in your wallet, um, you kind of give it to, um, uh, put this way, you kind of give it to Elon Musk, let's say, because uh, we all know Elon Musk. Uh, say, hey, Elon Musk, I trust my driver's license in your position. So you, you're going to keep my driver's license going forward. Uh, ask yourself this question. How comfortable are you when you do that? I, I bet most people won't feel comfortable because, uh, hey, this is really my identity. How, how can I entrust my identity with someone else? But I can tell you it's happening every day in the digital world. Your digital identity is actually managed Cuts and accessed all the time by those enterprises, including Amazon, Google, um, and Facebook. I think what's uh, Meta. So, so WhatsApp is part of Meta, right? Uh, if I if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, so so I, I can tell you, everyone, uh, in, in in the enterprise world, we we consider data as a asset. Your data as an asset. So we always say data is new gold meaning that data is actually a new type of asset the enterprise would love to mine and monetize. And the way to monetize is quite simple. They can do analytics, uh, they can uh, sell your data even, <laughs> give to the uh, other other parties who love to get access to your information. Uh, and people may, may wonder why do you get, uh, why do they get so many scam calls nowadays compared to 20 years ago? 20 years ago, I rarely get scam calls, and now I get every uh, like like a dozen every day. I, I I no longer pick up the calls anymore because of that, and because the the data has been monetized, and uh, your your personal data is no longer your own anymore. Uh, and the underlying drive is this uh, drive for a profit for from enterprises when they have an easy way to access without even your consent of those your personal data of yours, they will use it. Guarantee you. You will use it because it will drive the profit. Yeah. Uh, and in addition to that, they can also use that to manipulate you. When Absolutely. there's a campaign uh, that's set to marginalize a certain group, which happens everywhere. Um, Absolutely. And if it's not happening currently where you are, well, just wait for another regime to get uh, fraudulently voted in. And then they can come after people who are dissenting. Absolutely towards that uh, and it, then they can pull so all your history of everything you've ever said oh, even in private <laughs> and declare you a terrorist or the enemy of the state and arrest you even though you've done nothing wrong so it's yeah. important to not ever put yourself in that situation if possible but that possible is becoming increasingly more and more difficult you know the it, guy who uh, invented yeah. whatsapp but when yeah. he sold that to meta he felt so bad and like a horrible sellout and then he went and invented Signal. So it's the same developer who invented both of these privacy communication apps. Well, guess what? Signal's bugged also and can't be trusted. So you've got this guy who is either completely incompetent at his job or is completely corrupt with what he's built and can't be trusted either way. I, so, I, I think the, now, uh, yeah. so now we need other technologies to come in, and that's where there's there's many uh, things in the blockchain space now that are trying to solve this digital identity and privacy messaging mm -hmm. solution. 
Yeah, I think a lot of problems you just described roots from the uh, underlying design of our existing solutions. The current design rely on essential identity to manage and control the data. And they are responsible for uh, keeping the data secure, uh, keep the data private. Uh, their intention may be uh, well-intended, I would say. Say, hey, because that's the root of the business. If they cannot uh, make the data uh, secure and private, no one's going to use that. However, uh, many engineering nodes and many software engineering nodes, uh, there, there will be bugs in the system. Uh, and uh, even governments may force you to open the back door for it because you're the entity that controls the data. So they have a one single point of uh, contact. They can really force you to open the back door. Uh, I think Elon Musk already revealed that Twitter has that back door for the, <laughs> to the government already. They can see your, all your private messages. Uh, so the, 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 the actual way using the first principle uh, 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 theory is to really solve the root of the problem where Currently, the data ownership, unfortunately, is controlled by the entities, those big entities. Uh, like Just like how you entrust your driver's license to Elon Musk, you basically entrust your data a digital entity uh, to a third party, which is not under your control. The, the right way to solve that problem, fundamental problem, is to reverse uh, the ownership. So basically, uh, the, the user itself, us, every single user, should have the full control of your data profile. And that's a lot of uh, digital uh, uh, digital identity or, or decentralized identity has been focusing on. Now, the, the, the challenge as a result of that is, like I tell you, all the enterprises love to use your data. And, and they, they, can't, they almost can't, can't live without your data. <laughs> Their whole business logic is based on access of your user data. So they still need it. So if we just completely take away their access to your user data, the adoption of the digital identity or the adoption of decentralized identity will be a problem. You can see a lot of pushback. Uh, this technology has been around for more than five years. The adoption has been so slow because the pushback from the different projects and enterprises, because they need access to data. But thanks to the development of ZK, Zero Knowledge Technologies, uh, now we have a way to give access uh, or to give uh, uh, access of certain data attributes of user data to enterprises without revealing the the actual data itself. So that's the most exciting uh, development in this space right now. And we're confident they will help the adoption going forward. Yeah, I'm a big fan of zero knowledge technology. I think it's a great compromise between total privacy and still allowing for room for compliance in certain cases. The big thing that concerns me at the moment is chat GPT. In order to use this service, uh, you need to put in your phone number. Imagine if you had to authenticate every time you wanted to do a Google search. Uh, that's completely absurd. And it got me thinking, um, which direction is actually being used here? Is it us using ChatGPT or is ChatGPT using us to mine how we work? Because that's what all these free services do. They're mining you as your data. So while you're pulling data from their database, they're learning how you work. They're recording all your thoughts and the things that you search for to create patterns and other insights. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So keep that in mind. I think ChatGPT and OpenAI in general is going to be one of the most dangerous companies uh, of the next 10 years. You know, looking back, I think it'll be a little bit more obvious than it is today. But if you go through Sam Altman's Twitter, you're going to realize this guy's a complete sociopath. OpenAI is not open whatsoever, uh, either in its business or its source code. And uh, I mean... And if you see some of the other things he's brought into the world, like WorldCoin, which is mining your biometric data into this huge database in exchange for some literal shit coin, um, this guy might be the Antichrist. And now he's going to be basically you know, entrusted with this new tool that's supposed to replace tens of thousands of jobs. That sounds like the end of the world to me. Um, I mean, something, someone should be looking into this guy. This is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm what are your comment, thoughts on that? I, I, Am I reading comment. too much into it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to comment on the uh, Sam uh, individual as himself. Uh, but ChatGPT is a very interesting technology in a way that, uh, first of all, to your audience, uh, please be very careful using ChatGPT uh, on the interface. Uh, so OpenAI has very clearly stated uh, whatever you input uh, on the interface when open like OpenAI, OpenAI the AI, and use ChatGPT over there, all the data will be ingested into the model training going forward. So it will be part of the database. So do not put any sensitive uh, personal information into it. And uh, for example, if I ask, hey, so uh, my name is Yuan, I'm uh, like 840, I, I graduated from here, please write a bio of me. Uh, yes, they can do it, but someone else can actually query, say, hey, what is the age of Yuan? And the ChatGPT will know, because I already provide that information. Uh, if you if you have your driver's license uh, input in your chat GPT, your driver's license uh, might as well just be open public information now. So be very very careful uh, when you use chat GPT. 
and uh, and I think OpenAI has been very open uh, regarding uh, user data. So whatever you put there will be used a bit mind by them, uh, except if you use API. Now, now you have to say, hey, how much do I trust OpenAI in terms of their claim that if you use API to uh, to ask questions, the data supplied will not be part of the future modeling. Uh, we can only trust. Uh, that, that's all I can say. That we can only trust them, and, and it really depends on confidence and trust. So it is a technology. Uh, I think it will change our life, uh, but it is very dangerous uh, in a way that in the wrong hands, in the wrong hands, it can influence the opinion of the public. Uh, it may not be the, the positive way. Um, and, and if we if everyone starts to rely on ChatGPT to make um, opinions to to make uh, uh, decisions, both uh, business and personal decisions, uh, they can be manipulated. And it's actually one thing that I've been looking into, how to make uh, blockchain um, a companion to AI models, where we make sure that the uh, the AI models uh, are intact in a way, uh, in a positive way, so that uh, cannot be manipulated to, for example, influence the election. Uh, so, so there, there, there. It's it's a very dangerous technology. But at the same time, I also have certain flavor of a math scientist. So I, I, I embrace that technology. And say, hey, look, this is actually very exciting. Can help a lot of things. Uh, we just need to be very responsible. Uh, I hope OpenAI is also a responsible company. Uh, they, 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 they know. They should know how dangerous uh, this technology is uh, in their hands right now. Well said. Um, couldn't agree more. Let's talk about some of the things that you're working on. Give us the high-level overview of what is Nuvo. Absolutely. So Nuvo is a, a decentralized platform uh, that aims to get the next billion people in Web3. So we look at the current pain points of the, uh, the industry so far. Uh, we have a lot of scaling options. That's what Matrix was about. So we can make the blockchain easier to use. We can make the blockchain faster and cheaper so people don't have to break, break a back. Uh, we're using uh, uh, the blockchain, uh, so I, I feel sorry for those uh, BRC20 folks. Uh, they, they, their, their one transaction may cost uh, uh, tens of thousands, uh, hundreds of dollars, uh, and uh, uh, but but I think they're making money right now. <laughs> so I think they're they, they're willing to pay for that transaction fees. But uh, you can expect uh, such experience to be uh, optimal for uh, general purpose use or mainstream use. Uh, Nuvo is there to really to bridge the gap so that uh, everyone and their grandmas can start using uh, blockchain-powered applications without even knowing what blockchain is, uh, but get all the benefits of blockchains. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, uh, new types of applications. For example, uh, DeFi is one. I really like DeFi because DeFi gives the power or the right to participate in certain financial tools. That is not accessible for uh, regular uh, people in the traditional uh, finance world, um, and uh, the, the transparency and the traceability of DeFi is also wonderful. Everyone make their own decisions. Of course, it, there's always risk associated with that, but it's their own decision. And then also the GameFi, where you kind of uh, get some entertainment value at same time, at same time incentivized by a participation of, of the game ecosystem. Uh, which is uh, rarely happen in the uh, the traditional gaming world, but it's really big uh, in, in GameFi. I've been talking uh, with uh, some of the big uh, game companies and platforms, and they're really interested in getting to the space. 
and Nuvo is a, a very natural uh, a bridge for them to bring the existing user base they have without needing to create a new wallet, without needing to create new ID system. Uh, they can use the existing ID system through Nuvo to start using those GameFi applications. Uh, and on top of that, because when the user interact with the application, they actually generate a lot of data uh, in terms of uh, usage patterns, uh, in terms of their uh, history, transaction history, or some information that they have uh, they want to disclose, uh, like uh, private uh, with the application. For example, when the user using a data uh, dating app, they may have some sensitive preferences in terms of what they uh, what they prefer to date uh, in the application, and those can be kept. In private, encrypted, uh, in, in, in a private preserving way uh, through Nuvo. And like I said earlier, uh, we actually allow enterprise to access data with user's consent uh, and uh, in a privacy preserving way uh, so that we can, we will actually have a, a data analytics uh, platform uh, allow enterprise to utilize the data because it's actually very important for enterprise to access the data, but in a responsible way meaning that A, users need to consent and users aware how the data is being used and B, if user choose and uh, if the enterprise is okay, we'll just share the data in a privacy preserving way. So that, that would be the main of... offering from the platform itself. Uh, Nuvo does have a lot of arms in terms of a vertical markets we're targeting at. Uh, currently, we are focusing on the uh, the events and conferences. So, uh, so in the future events, you may see Nuvo events associated with that. Uh, we have this uh, gamification uh, system in place to really reward the uh, engagement of uh, attendees in those conferences. Uh, recently, we did uh, a win with uh, Anatopia. It's an online metaverse-based uh, conference. Uh, I, I think the reception over there is pretty nice. So love to see uh, more of that coming in. Uh, we're also working with education uh, in, institutions uh, so that we can uh, issue digital uh, certificate or issue a... Uh, uh, kind of a membership of uh, the classroom, where while you, they track the uh, the uh, the progress of the uh, the learning, and they get uh, badges uh, along the way. For example, if you really get a very high mark in certain assignments, you get a nice badge to show off and stuff like that. And also worked with uh, 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 a healthcare uh, business. Uh, that's that's uh, going to take a while, but I think there's a lot of potential over there. And finally, we're looking at AI, uh, AI as in uh, data engine, because uh, the platform will have a lot of data um, and a lot of uh, encrypted and private data. Uh, so uh, if uh, someone needs to train an AI model and, and they, can, they can actually pay users uh, to get access to certain attributes of data uh, so that they can incorporate into their models. So uh, Nuvo will be a, a big data engine for those AI applications. So a lot to talk about. Uh, it's a big platform, but uh, through and through, we really aim to get the uh, the next billion people into Web3 and keep them there uh, so that uh, uh, we can get the uh, the technology into mainstream adoption. Love it. And what's your approach to get the next billion people there? You know, when I ask so many different developers, they say, well, we need to improve the UX, UI, the user experience and the user interface over here. Uh, I'd say marketing is a, a really big challenge in this industry, uh, as well as education. There's just such a huge knowledge gap between what people are used to that maybe only check their email and you know still use Bing as a search engine and the rest of us that are Web3 native. Mm -hmm. How are you going to build a bridge across that chasm and allow a billion users to come onto the platform? Absolutely. So when we designed the user interface for Nuvo, especially for the 
uh, non-veterans, meaning that the regular uh, grandma or grandpas. Uh, we designed a way that is as close to the uh, regular day-to-day -day experience they had with Web2 application as possible. Uh, a lot of user adoption is driven by partnership. So we actually partner with, for example, the big pla uh, uh, gaming platform or NFT collection uh, platform uh, exchanges uh, and uh, and and uh, the the social and, and and guilds and all that. So 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 we get a lot of users from through those channels because uh, the one unique uh, offering that we have compared to other competitors is we allow seamless uh, ID integrations, meaning they don't they don't really have to switch their IDs. For example, they can use Google logins uh, and they can use uh, uh, Facebook. I keep saying Facebook, by the way, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, meta logging uh, or, 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 or Telegram or Twitter, uh, we support a full range of different logins they can use. And once they log in, it depends on, and they actually have a choice whether to uh, assign a MetaMask uh, 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 account or not for those veterans. Or for, for new people who have no idea what MetaMask is, they have a choice of a, a locally uh, a managed NPC-based, uh, uh, sorry, locally managed uh, wallet, NPC-based wallet, or a full, full, custodian, uh, full custodian wallet, uh, up to user's choice. Uh, so so the, uh, the, uh, the, the, full, the experience would just be like operating a Web2. Uh, application. We do have a very interesting SDK that a lot of de developers kind of really like to use. Uh, it's a RESTful API based uh, SDK uh, where we kind of abstract the whole blockchain operations, including the uh, the smart contract interactions. Uh, if if the developer deploy a smart contract through Nuvo platform, we actually generate a whole set of endpoints uh, to interact with the, the smart contract through APIs instead of uh, using like Web3 uh, packages or Easter yes and that, something like that. Uh, and we handle all the uh, wallet uh, wallet uh, wallet integra uh, integrations uh, through SDK as well. So it really saves a lot of time for developer to adopt this. And uh, we actually had a demo where I show uh, a, someone just migrate a Web2 application to Web3 using the same SDK uh, within a day. So there are a lot of opportunities where we can see a lot wow. of users coming, a lot of uh, new applications coming through a new platform. So the platform itself, does it sit on top of Ethereum layer one or does it sit on top of Metis or is it its own chain? So the platform works with all the chains. Uh, so for, so far, uh, we support EVM compatible chains because that's easier for us to kind of start with. Uh, in the future, we, we do want to expand uh, into uh, other chains like uh, uh, Solana, uh, Avalanche, and uh, probably the newest change to we. <laughs> so there are a lot of new chains popping up, uh, but we're going to start with the EVM compatible chain first. That's fantastic. Well, I really am impressed with what you built over there. I mean, just looking at the website, uh, nuvosphere.io, a beautiful design, very easy to navigate, just a simple button to log in, and then that's your portal to Web3 right there. And I think yep. that's the optimal user experience. You go to a website, you log in, and that takes you to everything else that's built in that ecosystem. I don't know Absolutely. why Ethereum hasn't figured this out five years ago, but <laughs> hey, it, it's an opportunity for somebody else, and it looks like you guys are capitalizing on it. Yeah. So love to see that. Let's talk a little bit about Metis because it's uh, another Ethereum L2. There's probably a dozen of them out there right now, but what makes Metis special and different from some of the others? Uh, so first of all, Metis is fully community-owned. Uh, we 
we don't have any uh, VC stick in a way. Sometimes it's advantage, sometimes it's a disadvantage. Uh, but uh, it's completely controlled by the community, uh, and uh, we are the one of the pioneers to really push decentralization uh, of uh, L2, especially for rollups. Um, currently, I can say, uh, because of certain technology choice, uh, we are indeed still the cheapest uh, L2 solutions out there. Uh, of course, there are, there are trade-offs here and there, but uh, uh, but given the, the current uh, uh, comparison, I still think, I believe, Metis is the, the best technology out there in terms of user experience uh, uh, and a good balance with the security. Uh, and um, recently, Avi has, re uh, has launched uh, Metis. So it is a, a, the, the last missing piece of our DeFi foundation. So super excited about it. Uh, I can see TVR start to flow in. A uh, lot of new opportunities. Uh, so absolutely for people, for the DeFi DJs, there's a good, good chance to get in uh, early for those protocols uh, to get some uh, nice uh, APYs and, and rewards. Um, other than that, uh, like I said, we are very serious about decentralization. Uh, we are working on a version of the decentralized sequencers. Uh, so that we are no longer the only operator of the sequencer node anymore. Uh, gives a lot of opportunities for community participation, uh, large liquidity providers to really participate in running the nodes together. Uh, and uh, once that is out, I will be proud to, I'll be proud to announce that Metis is the only L2 that doesn't have a maintenance window. Meaning that uh, in the future, when we upgrade the network uh, for uh, for whatever new features we're going to introduce, the network would, will always run, always run. So there will be no downtime for L2 uh, anymore on Metis. So so I think the, if you really ask okay, what's different uh, in, in Metis compared to others, is our relentless uh, pursuit for innovations that want to give the user the best user experience uh, and cheapest way uh, to work on blockchain so they can focus on innovations on the uh, application itself. So they don't have to worry about all the different user experience or whether they need to optimize the smart contract in a way that it can be cheaper in the gas fees for users. They should focus on, on the uh, the actual application with blockchain itself. And what kind of other than DeFi, GameFi, SocialFi, what other things they can do, other things they can really uh, take advantage of the uniqueness of the blockchain technology to give some utilities, to give some um, uh, uh, business values back to the user. I think that's what 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 we uh, we want our developers to focus on. I definitely need to find a layer two that I can rely on as uh, the next bull market comes. There's no way in hell I'm going to be paying $400 Ethereum gas fees again. And maybe even worse now that you know, we're already, you know, seeing hundred dollar gas fees and we're still in the yes. depths of a bear market. Yes. Um, so I, I need to find a home that I can trust, but I, I, I have some fears and maybe you can help give me some knowledge to alleviate these fears. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned that if I bridge my USDC or my ETH onto an L2 and the bridge gets hacked somehow, those bridge tokens that I've received are going to be worthless. Is this still a concern in this day and age or has that been specifically solved with Metis and other L2s. What are your thoughts on this? So I think uh, uh, Metis, Optimism, Arbitron, uh, we have been in the industry for a long while. Uh, we have our TVLs in different stages. Uh, our, Metis even uh, was close to 1 billion TVL at one point. 
uh, before before the, the TVR start to uh, switch to other chains. But hey, they're coming back. <laughs> uh, so so the the bridges that we use is uh, well tested. Uh, has been tested at time. Has been tested by a whole bunch of white hackers. Uh, so there. So I think Optima has one million uh, bounty. Uh, Metis also has one million bounty. So, so the the it's actually quite lucrative uh, for hackers to try to find problems in those bridges. So far, there has been no uh, exploration, uh, and there's no uh, 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 no hacking or whatsoever, or possible hacking whatsoever uh, during those uh, for those uh, bridge contracts. So, uh, I'm quite confident. I'm quite confident uh, that those bridges are are, are pretty are pretty safe. Uh, I think. Uh, I think the key here, especially for uh, options rollup, is it has a the seven-day finalization uh, window. So uh, even if something is is something is wrong, we actually have seven days to kind of find a way to remedy. So instead of like a, a indeed you know immediate issue, for example, if something uh, in the layer two got hacked on the layer two side and a bridge happened unexpectedly. Uh, as operators, as a, a, a community, we can actually vote to freeze the bridge and to remedy the bridge uh, so that uh, the uh, the actual assets of the users can be well protected. So, so in a way, there is a reason why there are so many, uh, so much TVLs being locked in the Optus rollup right now because it's actually relatively safer uh, from the uh, uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, like risk mitigation point of view, but still saying that uh, I'm very very confident about the safety of the bridge contracts right now. After two years of uh, uh, like usage, uh, with uh, eight billion uh, TVLs in total across all the different uh, protocols, uh, I, I I have very high confidence. Well, I appreciate uh, your your candor for all that, and I do feel better after hearing it. Um, after everything we saw in. 2022, everything getting attacked under the sun. It seemed like everything that could fail did. Uh, and Midas wasn't on uh, the Grim Reapers list no. at that point. So that's good to know. And I also like that there's you know some kind of rollback period before complete finalization. So there is some way to uh, yeah. correct a, a really, really major issue. Yeah, it's it almost happen. like a so last resort. Yeah, it's almost like a last resort. We would definitely do not want to use that. Uh, but it is there just to in case something did missed uh, in our codes and something got exploited, we still have a last line of defense. That's good to know. And I know there's a lot of people out there that really feel like blockchain should be all about immutability and finality. Uh, but maybe that doesn't have to occur in just a couple seconds and having a window of time um, to try and, you know, really save your entire system. Yeah. Because if that's not there, who's going to trust it? Yeah, exactly. and that's how I feel about Ethereum L1 right now. You know, <laughs> ever since, you know, they forked into Ethereum Classic, uh, you know, we've all been wondering, you know, is this the right thing to do to roll back the chain? And if there's a, a giant hack, well, you can't do that every day, but it seems like there's a giant hack every day on Ethereum. So uh, there, there's got to be a better way and it should... Um, you know, more eyes should be looking at what you've done over there at Midas. So really appreciate everything you built over there. And uh, we want to keep tabs on it. But we got to let you go for the moment. Uh, but looking forward to having you back on to learn Absolutely. some more about privacy and hear your thoughts. 
But in the meantime, where can people follow you to uh, get some more of your ideas and follow on what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. You can, uh, people can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle, uh, handle is, uh, I, I think it's uh, the good boss too. Uh, so it, it should be quite easily uh, rememberable. Um, and uh, absolutely follow me there in Twitter. I sometimes share some uh, random thoughts on that. Uh, sometimes it's garbage. Sometimes it can be, can be, can be wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> so, so sounds so a lot like mine. Follow. <laughs> cool. Um, and check out NouveauSphere.io and Metis.io, and uh, check out those ecosystems. There's a lot to like over there. And we'll be back later on this week with another great podcast here at Crypto 101. Well, thank you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.